you're tuned in to the Restaurant Rockstars podcast. Powerful ideas to rock your restaurant. Here's your host, Roger Bodwin. Hey, it's Roger back at you with the Restaurant Rockstars podcast. And once again, I'm working with fellow industry pro, my friend and colleague, Jamie Oikel of RunningRestaurants.com. And in this week's episode, we are both interviewing Jerry Abiag, who is the co-founder and chief marketing officer of an artificial intelligence-driven digital menu system. It's amazing because during COVID-19, the safety factor has to be there. So it's all about contactless ordering, contactless payment. And the artificial intelligence part, for those of you who don't know what artificial intelligence is, it's where a computer or software mimics the thinking or behavior of humans. And this will provide data-driven information that'll help you make stronger marketing decisions. What does that mean? That means you get information on your most frequent customers, what they order, what their favorites are, when their birthday is. All this stuff is um, something that you can help to market your business. Even your less frequent customers, you can send texts or emails to these people and get them to come in more frequently. This also um, will allow higher check averages, quicker table turns. You're going to find out all about this in today's episode, so don't miss it. Welcome back, everyone. This is the Restaurant Rockstars podcast, and as you know, these are engaging topics that help restaurants build their brands, rock their profits, and deliver amazing guest service experiences. Well, during this time of COVID, it is critically important that we regain consumer confidence. So with me today, I'm really pleased to announce my guest is Jerry Abiag, and he has an artificial intelligence-driven digital menu featuring contactless ordering and payment. But making this episode even more exciting, I am joined by my good friend and fellow co-host. We get together, do lots of recordings, Jamie Oikel of RunningRestaurants.com. So the two of us are going to interview Jerry, and we're going to see where this conversation goes. So welcome, Jerry. Thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks, Roger. Thanks, Jamie, for having me on. Fantastic. So, you know, before we dive into digital menus and artificial intelligence and all that kind of stuff. You know, we all have a backstory and, and interestingly, you know, I've had failures, I've had successes, we all have, but relevant to you is learning from past failure and moving on to new success. Do you want to tell us about that? Yeah, real quick. So my backstory is I've had uh, roughly 25 years in sales and marketing experience. Uh, my last corporate job was 10 years ago. So once I left that, I started my own business helping software companies with sales and marketing initiatives. And along the way, I've had some successes and then failures. But they say in life, um, you don't really learn from your successes, but you learn from your failures. And so one of those failures was one of my clients was an AI machine learning company. This was three, four years ago. And while it had some good merit to it, had good ideas, it failed in a uh, number of different ways. Uh, number one is that Regardless of what platform or software that you have, it has to be easy to use and uh, solve your customer's business problem. And number two, not really realizing at the time, but there was something bubbling beneath the surface with regards to artificial intelligence and the machine learning industry. So much so that there was a study put out uh, just late last year, which statistic that the AI industry is projected to grow to roughly 500 billion dollars in five years 
So as my client and this company was imploding through serendipitous events, I met my future co-founder. He was visiting from Chennai, India. He used to live here in Atlanta. Uh, he used to work for a Fortune 50 company as technological architect. Uh, he pitched me this prototype that he had that would help businesses across a variety of different vertic verticals drive repeat buyers. So I thought learning from my learned in the past, it had enough merit to take to when I flew from Atlanta to Colorado to the outdoor retail trade show upon returning back, had secured two beta clients. And uh, that was Standard Insights. That's how we were born. And, um, you know, when I came back, we first started with the e-commerce vertical, but we wanted to expand. So finance uh, and restaurants was one of them. So we formed Standard Insights a couple years ago. That's humming along and growing. Wanted to expand to other verticals. And one of those verticals that we expanded to were restaurants. And uh, two things that uh, drove or why we created an AI dr dr digital driven menu that started last summer. Two things. One, one of our one of the four co-founders who lives in Fort Myers owns a restaurant in Chennai, India. That's number one. And number two, McDonald's had bought one of our competitors last year to help improve uh, customer engagement. So that was the genesis between our AI driven digital menu known as I order. Uh, dot menu. But just like with uh, restaurants, uh, they're not the most, I guess, tech savvy folks. They're not really early adopters of technology. So when I took that platform to restaurants around my neighborhood to a buddy of mine, we kind of fell flat. So we shelved it, we put it in the garage, focused on other verticals. And then long comes COVID in March. Uh, we realized it had a great opportunity. We pulled out of the garage, and here we are. We've got restaurants who are using iOrder.menu. Okay, that's a great summary of, of how the vision came to be and where the restaurant expertise comes in. And I think it's a great segue that, you know, okay, you tried something. The timing wasn't right because timing is everything in any endeavor in life in general. And then all of a sudden, COVID became the perfect opportunity for you to pivot back into the restaurant space. So that's cool. I have a question um, for the uninitiated and those who aren't terribly familiar with AI. Can you explain exactly what artificial intelligence is and why is that relevant to iOrder? Yeah, so uh, real quick, the Cliff Notes version of artificial intelligence is getting a computer to think and act like a human. And how that happens, it learns from your uh, existing data. Two examples that we're seeing it used in everyday life is Amazon with their product recommendations and Netflix with their movie recommendations. And why is that important? Well, if you harness it correctly, you can target the right person with the right product, or in this case, menu or drink item at the right time to drive growth. And it's all, and you know, they say the data is the new oil, kind of sounds mm. cliche, but it is, it's a commodity. Any business that knows how to harness and use their data whether it's restaurants, hospitality, or any other verticals, will certainly have a competitive advantage over those that don't. Okay, well, that's well, Ro that Roger. I, I think I, I can attest to the power of AI because I think we, we are Amazon VIP customers <laughs> because the site is so darn good at suggesting things we we might want to buy next. And and yeah, and and, and Netflix too. We're we're only only been Netflix used to be. We used to get the discs from Netflix. Yeah, I mean, yeah. years ago. 
We did they, too. When they did that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. but only recently have we started using it again. And it also was nefarious because you'll finish something and then it recommends something else. And all of a sudden you're, you're sucked, you're sucked in and, and that's what it is. And I, I, I see, I've seen the stories about the bigger guys, uh, the big companies, and you mentioned McDonald's, but others I've seen stories starting to use AI to do the things that, that you're talking about. And if I was a small operator, I go, holy shit, because they are going to do things that I can't do as a smaller operator. They're going to suggest sale. They're going to do all these things and they're going to take more customers away from me. And it's just another case of the big guy winning. And I'm glad to see that AI is being uh, on, on a cost basis now available to, you know, to smaller operators because absolutely you are, in, you are like in the hottest space possible and where, and where things are going. So like, what does it look like for an average, you know, one location restaurant to start to integrate AI into their, their menu? Yeah, it's, it's real simple. So basically, um, it's a QR code or it's a web link that the, that the restaurant would promote um, via social media or, you know, email campaign. Or once the customer walks in, they just scan the QR code that's on a table or their door in a restaurant and it pops up on your phone the menu, you log in, put your info in, and then poof, it's right then and there, your menu items. And you can order accordingly. And as you return to the restaurant, hopefully you return to the restaurant and learns from your past experiences to recommend certain food items that are, uh, you know, that you would like. So when you do that, um, chances of you ordering that or upselling, cross-selling increases dramatically. And Jamie, to, to your point, you, may, you made some a uh, couple things. So, number one for for the big guys, man, not not all big guys are using digital menus. Uh, I think we talked a little bit in the uh, in the green room, and I'm not going to name the big wing franchise, but it was a big wing franchise in Kentucky. One of our uh, um, account executives sent me a text. They're not using digital menus. This was Friday evening. They're not using digital menus, nor are they wiping them down. And the, the general manager is running around with his, um, like a chicken with his head cut off. Uh, no pun intended. So even the big guys aren't using the uh, available technologies. And two, to your point about Netflix, when we used to you know, get the discs. So was it 10, 12 years ago during the uh, Great Recession in 2008, 2009? No one really knew about Netflix, right? It was, it was Blockbuster. We used to go there to, you know, rent the movies. And Netflix, they, they, they're the small company that started coming along. You could get those DVDs um, at, the, at the stand outside of the grocery store. And I think if a memory serves me correct that um, – they made an offer, uh, you know, Blockbuster, Netflix, but it never went anywhere. Now look where Blockbuster's at. It I think they have one location left somewhere yeah, one hidden, hidden, hidden yeah, in the woods. Yeah, one location. <laughs> and then look where Netflix is mm. at and how they grew during this, uh, during this pandemic. So right, right, right. To think 10, 12 years ago, you know, technology and the new technologies that were formed. And now fast forward today there are new technologies that are bubbling beneath the surface that are, uh, you know, getting ready to take off. So to your point, Jamie, yeah, it's not all big companies are, I mean, there are some, right. You got McDonald's and you've got, um, you know, Panera, but not all big companies are using tech stacks that are available to them in a the marketplace. 
Roger, Roger, I have a, I have a question because Roger, Roger and I did a great, great session yesterday live. We were live for four hours and I, this will, this will air later, but we, Roger, it's just on my mind. Roger and I did a great session and we talked a lot about menu engineering and profits and obviously in COVID restaurants are in a upside down situation. So Roger, take what we talked about yesterday um, in terms of upselling, you know, we talked about the service about Rogers really focuses on having the staff upsell and maximize each customer. So Roger, how would you ask him a question that says, Hey, and having the experience of maximizing a customer, how does the technology help maximize a customer? How would you phrase it, Roger? Yeah, I guess, you know, that covers a couple of different bases and it also triggers the thought about optimizing the menu before you even bring Jerry and I order into your restaurant, you know, because I guess one of the questions I was going to ask Jerry is, uh, this is menu driven on an iPhone or an Android or whatever it is. Sure. And it's, it's obviously mobile app optimized, of course, but it can be somewhat Depending on how, how big and extensive the restaurant's menu is, it's quite a process to use a phone to like scroll down through and find what you're thinking of ordering, although lots of people are doing it, versus ordering in advance. Um, because right now, I have a restaurant, and we're doing online ordering mm -hmm. via our POS system. And a lot of the people, I would say a majority of the customers are ordering in advance from home on a computer and they, they can see really easily, but we've pared our menu down as well. So I guess Jamie's going to the whole thing about before you even bring in this technology, how has your restaurant really focused on what is the most profitable thing to sell and, and eliminated all the things that really don't make sense if the restaurant has even costed out its menu and a limited menu that's highly profitable is going to be easier for the customer and more convenient for the customer to figure out what they want to order as opposed to scrolling through three pages of menu items, a lot of which is not, you know, obviously maximizing profit. So of your existing customer base, Jerry, I guess I'm saying is, do you, do you see a wide variety of menus on these, um, you know, restaurants platforms that, that they're using iOrder or have they pared things down? So typically, um, since we start off with the mom and pop restaurants, yeah, they're relatively pared down menus anyway that are just, uh, you know, uh, one sheet. So, but for the okay. bigger establishments, we can't recommend what if you, we walked in today, right? Hey, what are so that'll be up to the of course what's available in in your data. So we have th uh, three steps. I don't know if you saw it on our website. So number one is personalized recommendations. And uh, so what do you do after that? Well, yeah, data-driven customer outreach. Okay, what do you do after that? It's And then the third part or the third tier is predictive and prescriptive analytics that can show you trends on what's popular, you know, what's not, or, hey, um, no one's ever bought, you know, fish. Why are we – so that can predict and, and prescribe things. So once we've got the data – now we can act, okay, what, what menu items can we 86 or what menu items should we, uh, should we keep? Let me ask you something. You just, uh, well, Jamie's question is, is still in my mind right now. And I'm thinking about what we talked about in this big show we did yesterday. And the menu engineering process, Jerry, was all about figuring out which items are 
the most profitable to sell. And then via a product mix report or a sales report from the POS, figuring out the volume of sales and that whole popularity versus profitability piece in right. order to figure out, okay, if you're losing three, five, seven bucks every time you sell this item versus that item, what do you do? And all the solutions in doing that. And you know, I, I've worked with lots of clients where we've re-engineered their menus, but that's somewhat yeah. of a time-consuming process. It takes a couple of weeks before a restaurant can say, oh my God, this hit me like a ton of bricks. I'm losing so much money with this menu. I got to figure out a new menu. But in the short term, you can highlight things on an existing menu and point out what are the most profitable items to sell by calling them most popular customer favorites, whatever. Yeah. Does your interface allow that sort of personalization or customization to really draw the consumer's eye to what the restaurant owner really wants to sell, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. So you can draw it in one of three ways. Number one, based on uh, Jerry, Roger, Jamie's past orders and other people mm -hmm. like them. So that's number one. So uh, for me, I love um, hot, hot wings and um, light beers. So lagers and pilsners. Otherwise, the heavier beers will give me a headache. So that's in a personalization aspect. Number two, the restaurant management can set up their their own uh, food and drink recommendations, you know, manual, so they can go to the back end. So, uh, you know, best under best get, guess estimate. Hey, these are mo most profitable. So pair that with a food item and then a drink item. And then lastly, what we could do is trending items or weather-based items. So we're in the middle of summer now. Maybe we, we promote, uh, you know, ice cream or uh, – or a margarita, and then in the wintertime, a, a bowl of chili or hot chocolate. So yes, to your point, yeah, the our platform has the ability to give the empower the uh, the manager owner to select what I you know what items they want to push. Because what's going to happen is you've got the menu, and then there'll be a, a, a scrolling food item, uh, mm -hmm. you know, on top. And if Jerry, Roger, and Jamie log in, it'll be different different for all of us. Can I and ask you, can put you specials there too? Yeah. Can I also ask? Uh, let's just assume you're you're in a neighborhood. This restaurant owner, myself, or whoever has I order now, and we're promoting this to our customers. And let's just say our competition. Maybe there's five other restaurants within a ten mile radius, and a couple of those restaurants are also using the I order platform. And now my restaurant customer doesn't necessarily be loyal to any one place. Sometimes they go to me and sometimes they go to them and all that kind of stuff. And now this customer, consumer, is using iOrder to order from a variety of restaurants. Is there a way to brand each individual restaurant when the customer tunes into their menu that sort of differentiates them from the other competitor down the street perhaps? That Does that make sense? Yeah, so it'll, it'll have, you know, on the link, it'll have, you know, Roger's, Rogers restaurant uh, dot I order dot menu. So there's always going to be a branding, uh, you know, aspect to it. And how can you promote the brand? Well, once um, a customer leaves Rogers restaurant or food stand or whatever they meet, maybe it may be, is that begin the um, data driven customer engagement, whether it's email or text. Hey, Roger, you know, come back. We haven't seen you in a few weeks. Here's um, here's a, a menu item for you, right? So it's always about personalizing to each and every one of the, your customers. 
Okay, um, I get that piece. Let me just clarify again. Um, I was on the website and I was sort of looking at a standard restaurant menu that simply yeah. lists the menu items and what they are. And there's certainly room for descriptions and prices and all that. But when we think of the old school menus pre-COVID, when a diner would walk into a restaurant and sit down and the host would give you a menu, it was so customized to the theme and the brand and the ambiance of that restaurant. It brought the food and drink to life by looking. The menu is a marketing tool, basically. Right. It doesn't just list the food and drink. So I'm curious, when a restaurant loads their menu onto your platform, can oh, they make yeah. it look like a... Theme, yeah, it'll be customized template. Thing. You could have a okay. uh, yeah, customized templates based on the look and feel that you're trying to achieve. Awesome. So yes, the, exactly the, the templates will be customized, customizable. Okay. Hey, Rod. Yeah. So yeah. just building off that, man. So um, so you're definitely in in a in a sweet spot in terms of the the tech is there, the the timing of needing contactless is there. Everybody has a menu device in their pocket, right? So, so I remember when people wanted to do tablets and, you know, years ago, it was slow to develop, but, but now certainly everybody has a mobile device. Um, if not, they can do tablets and so forth. But my, so my, so, so here's the thing you're in a, you're, you're in a spot where the technology makes sense right now. So that's, that, that's, we can accept that now back to the operational standpoint of both from the, from the, uh, the restaurant perspective and also from the user perspective, um, I want to build on what Roger is getting at in that the idea for the restaurant would be to take me as a customer coming in and I want to order, you know, a drink, an appetizer, a, an entree, a dessert, uh, maybe another, maybe another, maybe another beer, maybe another bottle of wine, maybe, uh, maybe some, you know, the special fries on, 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 you know, with my meal. So how does the plat I, I, platform learn to do these upsells that really, really take, I, like I, can, I can spend $20 for this meal or I might spend 35 depending on yeah. how the system or how a server, how a real person uh, works with me. So how, how do you, how do you talk about that process? I love it. Yep. Yeah. So it's all going to be dependent on the data. And so everything learns on top of each other. AI learns on a lot of cause and effect data. So the more people, the more uh, customers come into the restaurant and order order certain food item, the more to learn and then make those recommendations. So does it happen if you just uh, plug in, I ordered today? Probably not because restaurants are just beginning to reopen or close or reopen again. Mm -hmm. So you start off with something basic and build from there. Yeah. Well, here, here's a follow-up question because I don't, I don't know the answer, especially in this times. It, it may primarily be today for takeout or mm -hmm. delivery. Uh, but if we can, if we can move a year in the future where we're, where we're dining in again and uh, we're dining in and we're, and the restaurant is using, I, I order and I have started my meal, but now I'm halfway through and I want to, I want to get another beer or something else. Is it, is it, do I pull the menu back up? Am I then looking for server interaction? How much does it replace the, the server in, in a dine-in situation? What are your thoughts there? So you just pull the menu back up and uh, order. And obviously this is all relatively new. So we're still constantly uh, tweaking things, but the logic behind that is so you would just pull, you know, pull the menu up. Gotcha. And it's interfacing with uh, most restaurant POS systems, like the orders coming into the kitchen normally as it would, just 
via yes, your Yes, correct. Platform. So uh, typically how it happens is that the, um, however you set it up, the, the kitchen would get pinged, right? And then the restaurant manager uh, would get pinged. Now, as far as um, we can customize it because there's tons of POSs out there. Right now it operates standalone, but we can customize it to sync with your POS. So when you say standalone, how does it work if you don't have a POS? Well, if you don't have a point of sale system, it can theoretically function as its own uh, point of, a basic point of sale system. But for the bigger res restaurants that, you know, there's more complexity involved, we're not, we don't bill ourselves as a point of sale platform. Mm -hmm. Of course. So what is I just some have a question about yeah, the, uh, ahead, the, the, the the on the market on the marketing side at the end. So I, 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 data is absolutely where where things are going, and I, I I fully believe that the restaurant should be in control of of their own data in the future rather than relying on other folks. So I, I assume the platform lets them control their data. And now, do you guys two things? Do you either do you either have a marketing platform in the background that sends text or emails and so forth? Or does that data get sent off and they can then manipulate it in some other marketing platform of their choice? Or is it so a we have a marketing platform in the background. So it's just going to connect with your, with the, I mean, we connect with the, mo the most popular, more popular text and email platform. So it can connect. Uh, and it's all, you can all do it from our platform. So you pull up the back end and then hit marketing and it connects you. And then Jerry, Roger, and Jamie would get different texts or emails based on our favorite food items. Good. Okay. And that, so that text or email is going to um, be specific to me. Like it's not, it's not good. So in terms of a campaign, like I just think about a regular, if I was a restaurant today and I ran a campaign for, for, for marketing, it would be like, here's the, here's the menu, here's the special today. And it wouldn't be specific to Jamie, but does the, does the technology have the ability to say, yes, we have a special, but but then insert Jamie's favorite here or insert Roger's favorite here. Does, is that, is that part of it? Yeah, that's part of it. And we can even take it a step further where we can score Jerry, Roger, and Jamie on their potential profitability. Mm -hmm. So we score people uh, on their potential profitability. So maybe Jerry, he was just visiting the, the area and he's only visited that restaurant once in the last couple of years. You know, Roger, uh, maybe every handful of months, but then Jamie, it's part of his family's rotation every other week. So uh, Jerry would be scored as a sleeping customer. Uh, Roger would be scored as a um, loyal customer. And then Jamie would be scored as a champion customer. So what do you do? Not only do we offer all three, all three guys personalized menu recommendations, but you can tailor you know, pricing. So you don't have to give everyone a discount, uh, right? Cause that, that costs money too, but maybe right. for Jamie, who's the champion level customer who's in there every other week, you may give him special pricing versus Roger and maybe don't even, you know, send Jerry anything, right? Cause it costs money to send a text. And, um, you know, Jerry is just, he was just visiting in the area. He doesn't even live there. So yeah, we can attack two things. That makes great sense. Okay. Let's talk about um, 
spending habits and uh, tracking the data in terms of the lifetime value of your customers. I guess I'm getting the impression that this ranks, your system is ranking your customers so that you can segment and target them based on their dining history, their frequency. It also shows how much they've spent over a period of time. Like you type in a date range and then it brings up a number of customers from number one to number 200. Exactly. Is that how it works? Yeah, so basic RFM principle in marketing, recency, frequency, and amount of money spent. Okay, awesome. And you can, anyone can, can do that, but, you know, what, what, do you ha- what happens if you've got 200, 2,000, 5,000 customers and with everything that's going on, it becomes time prohibitive. I'm so going, going to the bookshelf, data. man. I'm huh? going, I, I went to the bookshelf. I went to the bookshelf. Yeah. So, so the, the, uh, hopefully this, the, hug your customers, right? This is a great yeah. book. So, but this book was written a long time ago. And this book talks about knowing your customers intimately. And it goes through, it goes through the process of a, a tailor shop who just knew their customers so well, right? And they would know their top 100 customers and each person would do that. And then when, it, and, you know, so kind of go come follow, follow, follow me for a second. If, you know, today or yesterday or last month, you went to a restaurant and say, Hey, do you know your top, do you know your top customers? Yeah. Okay. We know they know their top 10 customers. Do you know your top 200 customers? And the answer flatly would be no, usually not. Right. The answer is no. And, and because they, because they don't know it, right. They're just going day to day to day to day. So this is where marketing and this is where what you guys do is kind of exciting because you can start to know your top 200 customers. You can start to know their spend, their trends, their habits. And when you really do start to understand your customers and your best customers, like that's when you have a business that you can create repeat stuff from. And then specifically now you recommend, now you're, now these guys, they're recommending the fit. Yeah. New shirt came in that is the color that you like, et cetera. And you can do the same thing. So if we can get there in the, in, you know, in the short term, in the short term, you know, restaurants have a chance to be profitable. And that's all about what Roger and I talk about is like, how can you fight against the economics of the business? They're so profit margin thin. You got to do so many things right. Well, one of the other things you got to do right is, is marketing and getting people in. And, and, and so it's, it's, it's a complicated mix. And so I, 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 I encourage us to keep in touch and learn more about what you guys are doing because you're in a real exciting space. Yeah, so even with you mentioned the 200 customers, okay, you may know that the top 10 to champion level customers, if you will. Now, the goal is for that restaurant to get the uh, 200 customers that are, um, that are loyal or potential loyal and kind of move them up, right? Move them up to champion. So you may not get all 200, but what if you can get 50, 25% of those 200 and move them up the value chain? Yeah. And that's going to make a difference. You know, I believe from, uh, you know, restaurant, you know, growing and surviving than those that don't. Well, that's... I mean, you really have the customers there, right? You're not spending money. So businesses do two things, bring in new customers and drive repeat business. So you're not spending money to bring in new people. You're just, you know, focusing or refocusing on the 200 mid-tier customers that you want to take top tier. That's right. Roger, what do you think? Parting questions, parting thoughts? 
Yeah, you know, I wanted to get into the whole delivery thing because that's such a big piece now during COVID that restaurants are literally doing more delivery and the curbside pickup is still part of the model because some restaurants have limited indoor seating mandates by their state governments and all that kind of stuff. Some restaurants aren't doing indoor seating yet at all. They're just doing outdoor seating, but it's still the, you know, the curbside pickup or the delivery model. And I know that iOrder has the delivery function to it. And we've already talked about the owning the data. So I guess my question to Jerry was, does I order somehow replace other third-party delivery services if the restaurant is doing it independently on its own? And, you know, you can certainly do that via the phone. If you want your order delivered, yeah. you simply type in your address and then, you know, it relies on the restaurant's delivery person to pick up the GPS or is there somehow, uh, you know, how does that work? Yeah, it can. It, it depends on how the restaurant markets. So one of the restaurants mm -hmm. up the street for me, they they do in-house delivery within a, a two-mile radius. Okay. Mm -hmm. But anything uh, beyond that, they use uh, Uber Eats. And yeah, there is uh, people aren't happy about just third-party apps, and rightly so. They're charging 20 25%, uh, 30%. But it can help your restaurants, speaking of bringing new people in, right? It can help your get your restaurant's name out there but once they bought from you the first time man by all means please get their information you know track that so now you take them from the new customer bucket and into the existing customer bucket so then they're in your uh, you know data set and target accordingly so yeah yeah there's um conniptions about those third-party apps and but yeah they do provide you know some you know they do have their use but once they once you get the customer into your restaurant take that and then keep them as your own so jamie and i both recognize uh, you know the relevance of your system right now and what you're offering during this crazy covid challenge and we both definitely believe that even post-COVID, when this whole thing goes away, what you're offering right now becomes the new normal for restaurants. So that's super important. But it's always a function of um, marketing and dollars spent on marketing to build awareness, mm -hmm. to build a brand and all that sort of thing. And there's been a tremendous, well, backlash, I guess, in the industry about the, the percentages that some of those well-known de third-party deliveries take from the customer you know, the restaurant customer and that sort of thing. And, you know, but yet they have this name recognition that's super powerful based on dollars they threw at marketing in the beginning and, and they have, you know, instant name recognition. And I'm sure that's your right. goal with iOrder because there's such a huge opportunity out there right now. We yeah. all understand that there's, you know, a million restaurants that can use what you're, what you're delivering right now, but it's all about you marketing to these restaurants, getting more and more customers on board and getting the consumer confidence to use this and get mm -hmm. used to it and enjoy using it. And then, you know, the sky's the limit, right? Yeah. I mean, it's um, doing podcasts like this. So thanks for having me on. That's number one, uh, you know, channel partners um, and old school door to door no uh, knocking. I'm 48 years old. So I, I remember uh, door knocking back in the in the 90s and now now with this with restaurants it gives me an opportunity to door knock on restaurants in, in my neighborhood 
and then lining up with organizations. I wrote an article for uh, Modern Restaurant Man uh, Management la last week that's gaining traction. We just signed up with the Florida Restaurant Association the other day. We're looking to the Kentucky. So, yeah, just trying to be, you know, everywhere. And it's almost around the clock, man. <laughs> Not I getting, bet. Yeah, I get that. Sleep. My wife goes, hey, it's Friday. <laughs> put down the, you know, put down the laptop. Yeah. So, yeah. Last question. Let's. Oh, go ahead, Jamie. You got something? No, no. If you have one more question, I, I just want. I, as we were, I just want to make sure we got to their web and their social stuff. But if you got one more, hit them. You you can ask that. My last question is: I just want to know about the onboarding process and the timing it takes for a new restaurant to get up to speed with iOrder. Yeah, within a few days. So if if their menus aligned, it can be uploaded into our platform within a, a handful of hours. And then we do some text testing, right? Just run a couple uh, order scenarios, and then they're off to the they're off to the races with that. Excellent. Okay. Easy. Good. Simple. Yeah. 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 So, uh, so we, we certainly, certainly covered a lot, um, for folks that want to know more about what you do. You talked about an, the article you had, you talked about the website. So hit them with your website, your social, uh, any other place where they, they can ask information or find you guys. Yeah. So they, first they can email me directly, Jerry, J E R R Y at standard insights.io. They can find me on LinkedIn, Jerry Abiog, uh, standard insights, and then, or they can go to our iorder.menu site and that's iorder.menu explains everything there. We're constantly updating it on a daily, weekly basis with the amount of changes uh, uh, going on. And we've got some uh, price-friendly options just to get people's feet wet. Uh, and then for, the, for COVID, we're waiving the, um, the setup fee. And you've got a free demo on the website as yeah, well. There's so a free demo. Can... So just, yeah, there's a free demo. Uh, we have our, uh, our starter package, if you will, it's we get everything set up and we charge you a dollar per transaction. So that's just the main uh, base level. Uh, if you want the bells and whistles, it's obviously higher. But yeah, there's a couple of price friendly packages there that include, you know, marketing outreach as well. And that's an important thing, marketing outreach, because some restaurants, once you leave it, you know, what are they doing to bring you back? So, yeah, I order dot menu. Uh, check it out. You know, we'd be honored to have you on board and uh, yeah, reach out, call, email or a scheduled demo. Well, thank you so much, Jerry, for being a guest on the Restaurant Rockstars podcast. And thanks also to my friend Jamie Oikel of RunningRestaurants.com for co-hosting. That was the Restaurant Rockstars podcast, folks. We will see you in the next episode. Thanks, as always, for tuning in. Thanks for listening, guys. I appreciate you being here. You know, I'm once again a restaurant owner, just like you, and this COVID crisis has challenged all of us and taken us all to the brink. But again, we're passionate, we're resourceful, we're resilient people, and I'm going through everything that you're going through. And it seems like almost every week there's a new pivot or a new experiment or try this or try that, whatever we can do to keep the customers coming in and, and serve great food and drink with all the government restrictions that have happened. You know, we've all had to change our business models. But now is the most important 
important time of all, not just to survive, but really to come out the other side as a much stronger operation, a much more profitable and successful business. And to do that, it takes systems. I love working one-on-one with clients. I love talking shop with operators. We have a whole series of turnkey online systems for you to do it yourself, but I also personally coach a limited number of clients each quarter. And uh, if this is something that intrigues you, either head on over to restaurantrockstars.com, check out our full suite of systems, or why not drop me an email, roger, R-O-G-E-R, at restaurantrockstars.com, and maybe we could work together one-on-one to solve and help you succeed with your biggest uh, restaurant challenges. So thanks again for tuning in. Please leave us a review on iTunes, and we'll see you in the next episode. Thanks for listening to the the Restaurant Rockstars Podcast. For lots of great resources, head over to restaurantrockstars.com. See you next time.